You're listening to episode 66 of the Journey to Launch podcast, How Ordinary People Build Extraordinary Wealth with Chris Hogan and my FinCon 2018 recap. Welcome to the Journey to Launch podcast with your host, Jamila Souffrant. As a money expert who walks her talk, she helps brave journeyers like you get out of debt, save, invest, and build real wealth. Join her on the journey to launch to financial freedom in, in five, four, three, two, one. Hey, 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 journeyers. Welcome back to another episode of the Journey to Launch podcast. Super excited to be bringing you today's episode, which I actually recorded this main content. So this interview you'll hear with Chris Hogan, I recorded live at FinCon. So I'm super excited for you guys to hear it. Chris Hogan was the keynote closing speaker at FinCon. He has an amazing, amazing background in financial services and really creating content to help people live their best financial lives and live their best lives. And we're going to talk more about his new book, which is called Everyday Millionaires. And I thought it was perfect for what we talk about every day on this podcast. And in my content is how do we become rich and wealthy? And yes, the numbers matter, but how do we live a life that we are proud of? And then we are also taken care of financially. So we're going to get into all that with Chris. Chris Hogan, let me just give you a little background about him in case you didn't know. Chris Hogan is considered America's leading voice on retirement, investing, and building wealth. He had the number one bestseller, which was Retired Inspired. He's helped thousands of people learn how to change their current money situation and make wise investing decisions. His newest book, which we're going to be diving deep into content today is Everyday Millionaires, How Ordinary People Built Extraordinary Wealth and How You Can Too. He's a dynamic speaker. So he was the closing keynote speaker at FinCon. He did such an amazing job. He riled up the audience, got us super excited about the work that we're doing in this space. And so I'm really excited to bring you this interview with Chris. We're going to talk about his background in sports and coaching and how that helped mold his winning mindset. We're going to talk about why becoming a millionaire all starts with belief, the quality of everyday millionaires, and then the five things that millionaires embody, plus so, so much more. At the end of this episode, I'm actually also going to touch upon my FinCon experience. And I want to just let you guys know how that went because I got a lot of questions about it. I had such an amazing time. So if you're interested to know how FinCon went for me this year. If you want to know about the Plutus Awards, remember I was nominated for a few Plutus Awards this year, how that went. If you didn't see it already on social media, just stick around. I'm going to be giving some tips on how I've really grown my platform journey to launch since the last time I went to FinCon and then just some strategies for you because actually a lot of you guys listening to me are people who are in the personal finance space or just have businesses. And so you ask me questions about, how you can grow your business, gain visibility and grow and make money. So I'm going to just be sharing some tips that I have been doing, things I've learned through the conference and just some takeaways. So it might be just helpful for you. So stick around for the end of this episode to hear all of that. If you are enjoying the podcast, please continue to rate, review and subscribe. So wherever you listen to this podcast, if there's a subscribe button, subscribe to it, share it with your family and friends. If you are particularly listening to this in Apple Podcasts, that's that purple app, 
You can leave a review there. I read every one. Also, don't forget, you can tag me on social media when you're listening to the podcast. So at me at Journey to Launch, send me a message. I'm Journey to Launch on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Also, don't forget, I'm trying to do this new thing where we're going to hashtag Journey to Launch. So if you're listening to this and you're going to maybe do a quote from the interview or screenshot, hashtag Journey to Launch wherever you're sharing that content. So that way other people listening to the podcast can find you and I can find you. If you want the episode show notes for this, you can go to journeytolaunch.com slash episode 66. Okay, let's get into this amazing conversation with Chris Hogan. Hey, 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 journeyers. I am super excited to be live recording here at FinCon with the one and only Chris Hogan. Hi, Chris. Hello there. It's good to be with you. (laughs) Good to be here. And I'm not sure if you've been to FinCon yet. But is no, this, your first this is time? my very first one. So as a money expert, someone who was in this space, how does it feel to be around so many other money nerds? It feels like I'm around family. Right. Uh, being around like-minded people that all of us are trying to educate and encourage people in this area of money. So it's been a lot of fun. And why I really wanted to talk to you, other than just learning more about your background and what you're doing in this space, is you have a new book coming out, Mm -hmm. and it's just right up the alley with what my journey is want to know. It's about becoming a millionaire. And I want to talk about the myths of what we believe a millionaire is, how everyday people, like there's so many of us that are millionaires and maybe we don't think that they are, and then how can the average person become one? So let's, yeah, let's jump right into it. (laughs) So in terms of the myths, let's start there. I think the reasons why people don't think they can become millionaires is because they simply don't think that they can become millionaires. And you mentioned that in your book. I read the first couple chapters. You had it online, which is a really nice bonus part of your book. Can you talk about why that's like the biggest hump to get over for a lot of people? Yeah, well, I think it's important for us to identify that because our belief system actually becomes the baseline for our actions. And if we don't believe that something is possible, then you don't ever fully embrace it or you don't even give that full effort to try because you have this mental block or this limit. And so I wanted people to know the truth. And I had to even think for myself growing up in rural Kentucky, because I'm just a little Kentucky boy. Mm. I don't know about the little part, but I'm Kentucky. (laughs) But growing up and looking at it and thinking about millionaire, I thought people had to be lucky, Mm. right? I thought people had to be born into families with money. They had to inherit it. I had all these preconceived notions that were actually limiting me with what I could become. It was blocking my potential. And so I think it's really important for us to understand what we believe is really possible because that will impact us. Right. And I think one of the stats that you mentioned, which I think is really helpful for people to understand that you said in your book, was that eight out of 10 millionaires come from families at or below middle class. Which gives a lot of hope to people, right? Because oh, yeah. like you just said, a lot of millionaires are not born into money. That's right? right. So it doesn't matter. Here's my phrase, and I talk about this in a book. It doesn't matter really where you come from. It's a matter of where you're going and the plan you're working. So what I want people to do is to not think about the family that you were born into, where you were raised. Those aren't determining factors. Those are called locators. It locates what family you're with and where you were born. You get to decide for you. 
And so when we know that, I think we can take ownership of our actions and then really start to believe that, hey, maybe nobody in your family has ever become a millionaire before, but you want to be the first. And so now you start to lay that plan out and you go, this is the direction I have to go. Right. And I like that. It's about taking control back. And I do always like technology. Yes, there are like psychological and there are some like systematic barriers for a lot of people where the starting point might be a little bit further behind. But that doesn't count you out the race. Yes. And when you choose that you're going to become a millionaire, it's possible, right? It is possible. And I like how you put that because it is. A lot of times there are different stages, right, of a marathon. And some people are out in front, right? And some people are a little bit behind. But we've all heard the story of the underdog that worked hard and passed the people that started out ahead. And I like to think of that as humans, right? That some people have some advantages. I've met people that are more prone to do better things with money. I've met people that are nicer to people, right? And better with relationships. We all have advantages. Now what I want us to do is let's highlight those advantages, but more so let's gain the information and knowledge that can help us move forward. I think that's the thing. I'm constantly learning. I'm constantly reading and thinking. Why? Because I know my thinking guides my actions. Right. And sometimes, too, how you can frame it is that, you know, so for myself, like I was born to a single mom. We're immigrants from Jamaica. And instead of looking at that as a negative, I use that to fuel what pushes me forward and gives me the grit that I have. That's right. So you turn whatever you may think is a negative or that's holding you back, quote unquote, as the fuel, right? Like the wind beneath your wings. That sounds so corny. (laughs) (laughs) But you know what I mean? No, I do. I really do. And I talk about that actually in the book, that for me, people's doubt, people thinking I couldn't do something, I actually do use that as fuel. Because in my mind, I'm going, this is what I'm going to show you. And it's almost like the chip on the shoulder that I'm going to show people what's possible. Why? Because I'm going to focus, I'm going to work hard, and I'm going to try to help as many other people as I can. Right. And some of the things that you also mentioned, I want, because what I like to do is like give people actionable tips or just things that they can now walk away with and say, all right, maybe I'm already doing this. So I need to give myself more credit, which gives me more confidence or let me start implementing this. And so I want to go over some of the habits of the millionaires that you interviewed. And so you had that they take personal responsibility. They're goal oriented, they're hard workers, they're consistent, and they're intentional. So I know that was a long list, but can we just dissect some of that and talk about that? Sure. The goal oriented is a big deal. That was one of those things I had a coach that taught me that in college, where he had us write down our goals for the upcoming game. And at first, we all thought he was crazy. It's like, what do you mean our goals? Our goal is to win. But he said, what is your individual effort going to bring to the team? And so we had to write down what we were going to do. And I'll never forget the awareness that that gave me, that going, wait a minute, if I put down something, this is what I'm aiming for. That means all my actions need to move me down this path. And what I found with talking to the millionaires is that all of them are also goal-oriented. They're looking at things. They're chasing things that are bigger than them. They're chasing after things that some people don't think that they can achieve, but they stayed focused. And so again, it's overcoming the odds because you were staying focused on the goals. Right. And that persistent part of stuff, right? Yes. I think also not having a self-defeating attitude too, right? Because not everything comes easy, even for the millionaires, right? Right. You might not always get a concept. Even now, I don't always understand everything and that's okay. And I think sometimes people don't understand things and they say, oh, well, see, like it's not meant for me or I don't get it. And that gives them that feeling like they're not meant to do what they're doing, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, and we can end up, we hit an obstacle, right? And too oftentimes we'll hit that obstacle and we stop. 
And see, I think obstacles are different. I think those obstacles or those things we end up battling against, I think those are a proving ground. What I mean by that is if you hit one obstacle and you stop, then that means it wasn't something you really, really wanted. Because the persistent people not only will hit an obstacle, they'll figure out a way to go over it, under it, or through it, mm -hmm. right? Because for me, I mean, I'm sure you're wired this way because you're thinking about for your family, the legacy, right? And you're not working hard because I saw your eyes light up when you were talking about your mama. Mm -hmm. I saw that. And I saw that little twinkle in there. And it's one of those things where you understand what she sacrificed for you. And now you're not going to let that be in vain. Right. You're going to take that and you're moving it forward. Right. And see, that's that thing. That's that internal thing that people that are driven, they refuse to be denied. Mm-hmm. And what I actually really like that you brought again to the forefront is that, like you said, like my mom did a lot to get to where she was as a single mom coming here. And I felt like because she didn't even have that many resources and she still was able to do what she did and provide for me the way she did that now as a mom, I should surely be able to take this baton like and pass it to my kids. Right. Like and that's how you create this wealth that that's we right. all want to have. Yes. And mm -hmm. that baton, I talk about that in the yeah. book. And I talk about that in Retire Inspired as well, mm -hmm. because that's exactly what we're doing. The way that we handle money, what we learn, how we live, what we teach our kids about money, that's all part of that baton. And so we're not just working hard to work hard. We're working hard for progress. Mm -hmm. And so progress means that you've got somebody that's thinking forward, that has their eye on the prize, but they're very rooted and connected in the now, meaning that I know my financial actions now impact tomorrow and the day after that. So I want to make sure that I'm consistent, right? I tell people, you want to make your audio match your video. Mm. The words that I'm saying need to match my actions. And if that's the case, I will move forward. Right. And it's all about moving forward. And I think, too, another thing people get a little discouraged about is that maybe the steps they're taking don't seem big enough or impactful. And what they don't realize is that it all is a part of the journey. I always say this, that the smallest things, whether it's paying off a credit card or learning a concept that you didn't know last week or last year, this all matters, right? It does. And it all fits together. And understanding that when you see that and you're able to acknowledge it. Now, what I don't want people to do is to keep making the same mistakes. A mistake you make once or twice, we can call it a mistake. But by the time you get to four, five, and six times, that's not a mistake anymore. Mm -hmm. That's called a choice. Mm -hmm. And so if we can make smarter, wiser financial choices, what we can do is start to move forward and feel confident about the direction we're going. Right, right. And another thing you mentioned in the book, which I think is good, like it's like breaking the myth, these thoughts that we have of what millionaires are. Mm -hmm. And so can we talk a little bit about what those myths are and why yes. we need to like let them go? Yes. Well, one of them is, is number one, that you have to be lucky to become I'm a millionaire. A lot of people think that. And they think about Zuckerberg with Facebook or anybody that invented something. And that's just not the case. There are people that have invented some things that have helped them in life to move forward, but you don't have to invent something to become a millionaire. Another myth is, is that you got to make a high six-figure income. People really believe this. And so if you're someone that's making less than a high six figure, if you're making 50 to 60 to 70, 80,000, if you think that, then you don't think becoming a millionaire is something for you, which is not true. Yeah. And we actually prove that in the book and in the studies based on people's income and length of time. A lot of them did not make six figures, let alone high six figures. Some of them were making regular incomes, but it was the plan that they were working. So those are a couple of the myths. You don't have to be lucky. You don't have to make a high income. And becoming a millionaire doesn't mean you make a million dollars a year. It means you have a million dollar net worth, which real quick, let me define yeah, that for yeah, people. Yeah, let's go there. <laughs> so net worth is take what you own minus what you owe 
right? What mm-hmm. you own minus what you owe, and that'll give you your net worth to help you see where you are. All right. There are so many great points you just did and pointed out, and I want to dissect more. So the first is I love that you defined what a real millionaire is because yes. it also addresses the lifestyle inflation and overextending yourself because you could be making a million dollars, but that does not mean you're a true millionaire. The second one that you talked about was the concept that you have to create something to be a millionaire. And I actually had that thought Mm -hmm. when I was growing up, I wanted to be a millionaire because I thought it would would make life easier, which there's no denying having the money does make life a little better. Right. Right. But when I realized that I did not have to create a huge company, because here's the thing. So I'm on this road to financial independence, like many of us are. And I don't know how familiar you are with the financial independent retire early movement. It's become a thing recently. Mm -hmm. And when I first heard about the movement, I said, where was this all my life? Because like you said, like I was hearing about people becoming millionaires or becoming financially independent, retiring early on teacher salaries. And they weren't necessarily earning a high income. Now it does help, but they weren't necessarily right. like, earning that. And so I was like, oh my gosh, that means that it's possible for me. Like I don't have to create the next Facebook. I can just manage my money smartly, start investing, being more intentional, and I can get there too. Now I encourage people to break those chains of their mental barriers to like believe that. So I'm glad that you brought those things up. And that brings me to actually, like, what do you think of the whole FIRE movement, if you're familiar with it? Mm -hmm. I'm very excited for anything that's encouraging people to become independent, right, and to have options. That was my thing. I wanted to work hard and be focused, but I wanted options. I wanted to be able to make decisions about what I'm doing for myself and my family. If I wanted to travel. If I wanted to do mission work, I didn't want to have a whole lot of things I have to do. I wanted to have a whole lot of things I get to do. Mm. And so that means, like you're saying, being intentional, being very, very aware and handling my money well right now and having a plan. And you said something, and I think that really sums up what I'm about. It is letting people know that it is possible right? It is possible. And that's the drum that I'm beating, that it's possible. We can achieve a whole lot of things if we stay focused, be goal-oriented, and work hard. And so don't let anybody put limitations on you. I tell people, I'll accept compliments from anyone, but I don't accept limitations from nobody, right? That means no one gets to put a cap on what I'm willing to do. I'm going to work hard and I'm going to be very, very focused. And I want to have options. I don't want to be limited. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what we all want. And that's like driving motivation for everyone. And just going back into your history and like how you became Chris Hogan that we all know today. And I know you were heavily into sports. You were a coach. Like you were in the financial services mm-hmm. industry. Mm-hmm. Can you just talk about the lessons that you learned before you became the personal finance expert we see yeah. today? Before this stage of your life, like what things from your past life helped you become successful today? Well, I think having been in sports, I understand the value of coaching. That means mentoring, someone pouring into you. And that became clear for me very early, meaning I had teachers, family members, people that believed in me, people that wanted me to do well, and they poured into me. And so being aware of that, that being coached means that you have to be coachable. It means that you're willing to learn. And so that was something that I always wanted to do. I wanted to learn. I wanted to be better than maybe I even thought I was possible for me to become. So the value of good people in your life, the value of coaches, being coachable, wanting to learn, those were kind of four things that really helped me to really begin to move forward. I care about people. People matter to me. I know every person that I meet, they represent a family. And they've got people that they're trying to provide for. And so for me, I want to speak words of encouragement. I want to speak truth. I'm okay chin-checking some people, giving them some hard things they need to hear. But I'm not doing it just to do it. I'm doing it out of care and concern. 
that I'm trying to coach as many people as possible. I want them to be better. And so that takes someone pushing you. And to me, that's what a coach is. Right. And I love that sports background. It was, yes. And it allows you to like transfer those skills with your finances. Right. And it's interesting. I'm sure anyone listening right now, there's probably something that you've done and you feel like it doesn't really have any like a uh, connection to maybe your finances. Right. But like, I'll say like even working out, right? Like, you know, sometimes like people are like, oh, I need to go work out. And then you go to the gym one time, you don't see the result right away. And then, but you might want to give up because you're like, wait, where is my flat stomach that I was like looking for or whatever. And I feel like it's the same mental ability that forces you to maybe if you enjoy working out to get up, to keep going. It's the same thing that you can like apply to your finances. So I like challenging people to figure out what they're good at, maybe outside of finances, if they don't think they're good, particularly at finances and then use those skills and try to transfer it to finances. That's good. It is good because mm -hmm. you're right. We all have something that we're good at. Mm -hmm. We all have something that we can perform well at. And I think what that needs to serve as is as a reminder that we do have the ability to learn and we do have the ability to improve. And you're right, whether that's in your parenting, whether Mm -hmm. that's in your marriage, whether that's in your money, I think taking those skills and putting them in there and applying those daily, we can get to see the result. Right, right. Now, I just want to ask you this a little bit more about the book. I know you interviewed everyday millionaires, so people that wouldn't necessarily seem like they're millionaires. Do you have one particular story or interview that sticks out? Oh, gosh, there's so many. I mean, we talked to over 10,000. There are two things that really jump out to me. Where people came from, I'm talking about some people came from less than nothing, homeless, welfare, right? I mean, they were in a tough situation that the world would have said that never going to be possible for them to reach millionaire status. But something happened. They got information. They got intersected with some right people that really believed in them. And then they made some decisions. That theme is prevalent all throughout the book. Another one is the giving. Um, Shocked by the hearts of these people to want to give, to want to be able to help others. And that mindset, right, of that, hey, I'm not just building wealth just for myself and my family, but I'm also doing this so I can make an impact in other areas. And so it just goes to show that good people, kind-hearted people are working hard, doing things the right way, but they're also giving back. Yeah, I like that. It's like that abundance mindset, yes. right? It's not like mising and holding on too much. Like it's just sharing information, giving back, whether that's your time or your energy or your money, that deposit into the world, that goodwill oh, yeah. comes back. It does. And it's also this, people tend to have the scarcity mentality mm-hmm. where they think, well, it's, you know, that's for them, but I can't really do that. Or they're able to do that, but I can't. And it's like, no, 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 it's it's available out there. You know, there's not a, a certain number of millionaires that are allowed in the world and then they close off the gates. Mm-hmm. Uh, there aren't any gates. And what we have to make sure we open are the gates to our mind to think about really what's possible. And you'll notice in each of my books, Retire Inspired, I get people to talk about the dream. Like you got to connect with that. What's your thing that drives you? But then also with this and everyday millionaires, it's that people start to look at this and realize everyday people are doing this. So you can too. Mm -hmm. So again, I'm pointing people in the direction of change your thinking. You can change your life. Right. And it seems so basic and it seems so simple, but a lot of people aren't thinking that way. So thank you for your work and thank you for encouraging people. Thank you. you Please let everyone know where they can find you, where they can find the book. Yes. Yes. Well, the book's in pre-sale right now. So for $20, you get the book, Everyday Millionaires, How Ordinary People Built Extraordinary Wealth. Now you can too, but you're also going to get a couple of other extras. Not only for $20, you get the book, but I'm going to give you the audio book, 
the ebook, and you're going to get two video lessons. One from me on how to retire inspired, and then one from Dave that it's okay to build wealth. And so you can pre-order it right now by going to my website, chrishogan360.com, and it's right there. So you can all get it right in one spot. Right. And I will link also those websites in the bio for the, uh, the episode show notes. So thank you so much, Chris. It Absolutely. was lovely doing this. Good to meet you. I really hope you guys enjoyed that interview with Chris. I mean, he has such an amazing energy and presence when we were talking. I really felt like he is in this to see more and more people live their best life and become wealthy. And so I want you to think about how you yourself can change your mindset if it's not already there to know that you can become a millionaire and live the life that you want. Just continue on doing what you're doing, but just keep up leveling your habits, your behavior, your mindset. Because when you embody that you're worth becoming wealthy, the universe has no choice but to conspire to help you because you're putting in the work and you believe in yourself. Let's talk a little bit about FinCon, my FinCon experience. So this is my second year going to FinCon. I went back in 2017 when I was a little bit newer into the space. I did have my podcast back then, but it wasn't anywhere near what it is now. I was starting out for the most part. But I met so many people at the last year's conference and had such a good time. I even did an episode on it, episode 17. So if you want to actually go back in time and hear how much I've grown from having the podcast for a year, you can go back and listen to episode 17, where I talked about turning Journey to Launch into a full-time business and my recap of the 2017 FinCon, which is kind of crazy. What I was talking about in that episode was how I was going to do this full-time. And in a year, I've been able to accomplish that. I quit my job. And I'm doing Journey to Launch full time. So it's kind of actually pretty surreal that that actually happened. So let's talk about FinCon and my experience and how this year went. I said this last year. I'm going to say it again. If you're in this personal finance space, creating content on whatever medium, podcasts, blogs, you're a coach, maybe you have a fintech company or you're thinking of one. This is the place to be. This is an amazing network of people, your colleagues in this space, creating content. While it's really important, so they have sessions around creating content and growing your business and all these things, those are important. But for me, the biggest thing I get from FinCon every year is the people that I meet. Last year, I met so many great personalities and people who I would not have met in the same regard if I didn't go in person. Because, you know, we're all behind maybe our mics, our screens. We're not connecting. People don't really understand your personality. But when you're able to meet someone in person and connect on a human level, it makes you just more relatable. People can connect easily and say, hey, I actually like this person. I want to work with them. So when I went to FinCon last year, I actually got some amazing opportunities from that, met some great people who I was a fan of their blog or podcast, and then was able to continue the conversations and the connection outside of FinCon, which then led me to become friends with them, online friends and in real life friends. So this year was the same thing. It was kind of surreal because as I was walking around FinCon, and I'm not just saying this just to say it, right? I was actually approached by so many people who said to me, Jamila, I'm a journeyer. I listen to your podcast. I'm super excited to be here asking questions, taking pictures. And it felt amazing because so many times I'm talking into this mic like I am now, which I'm actually in my kitchen. It's very quiet. And I'm talking into a mic. And I try to picture people listening to this as I'm talking, but 
it's kind of hard because you're talking into the mic. I'm posting my episodes. I'm posting things on social media. And I know you guys are out there. You guys give me great feedback or you respond and you interact with me. But sometimes you can get caught up or you lose sight of the impact and connection you really do have. And so going to a place now where people are coming up to me and saying, wow, Jamila, you inspired me to be able to do this. A couple of people even said they were at FinCon because of me. And it blew my mind. People were saying, congrats on quitting your job. I've been watching what you've been doing. I'm so impressed. And it really just made me feel like this is, again, I'm on the right path. Because sometimes I'll say, "Mm, should I even say that? Or should I post that on social media? Who cares? And even if it's one person who picks up some sort of inspiration or some motivation or something that they can then use to propel them further in their journey, then it's worth it. And so just that confirmation of people saying, oh my gosh, how's your daughter doing? So one of the things I'd shared, and I'm not sure if I shared it on the podcast yet, but I shared it on social media that my daughter was not taking the bottle. She was on bottle strike. So she only wanted me. She only wanted breast. So it was kind of hard leaving her, but I had to leave to go to FinCon. So I had people coming up to me asking, is she taking the bottle? And that was so surreal because here I am like, okay, that has nothing to do with personal finance. But I do believe, which is one of the tips I'm going to give about networking at FinCon is that people want to connect to the human of you. There are tons and tons of people talking about the same thing in this space, right? We're all talking about budgeting maybe and financial independence, right? Like a lot of people are talking about that now. And we're talking about just optimizing finances. Like you can even Google this. You don't have to listen to the podcast to figure that out. There's so many articles about that. I think what sets people apart and what people really want to understand and know is your deliverance of it. So this one quote that I just keep saying to anyone who has ever come up to me doubting if they should start their own business or uh, podcast or blog because they think someone else is doing it, I say this, there are no unique messages, just unique messengers. And now that's not my quote. That's a quote I've heard and I've embodied because this conference was over 2000 people of content creators in the personal finance space. And so when you are delivering content, it's really about the personality, you. How is your content different? It's really just your delivery and that can't be replicated. And so for me, it's really important that I continue to inject me into the story because I do believe representation matters. I believe it's great when you can actually connect with people. And that's what I think I do really well. If I can toot my own horn is that I feel like I can connect oh, not only with you as journeyers who listen, So journeyers, it's funny because I feel like I have two types, maybe of main segments of people who listen. I have journeyers who are really just on the journey to financial independence. They want to better their finances and reach their goals. They're not in the personal finance space. And then I have people who are actually in the personal finance space, especially from the conferences back this up a bit is that they're co-creators. They have blogs, they have podcasts. And yeah, they are also on the journey to financial independence, but they also like my journey in how I'm growing this as a business. And so because of that, it's like two audiences. And so sometimes I want to share more about how I am growing Journey to Launch, like the tactical things I'm doing, the technical things that I'm doing to grow this into a business. And I will start sharing more of that. But it's just interesting because I got more confirmation of this conference of people who are my colleagues coming up to me saying, what are you doing? How are you growing your platform? What's next for Jamila? So my biggest takeaway at this FinCon is to continue to make connections and in-person meetups and 
conversations matter a lot. And you can do that online, but if you do have an opportunity to go in person and meet the people you are interacting with, your colleagues, it's really important. Because I'd say a lot of the opportunities that I've gotten over the past year has been from a connection. It's been because someone has recommended me or introduced me to someone else. And the only reason they're doing that is because we have created some sort of rapport and connection. So continue to do that. And then how do you create a connection, right? There's so many people at a conference or so many people online that you do want to connect with. How do you reach out to a person and then make them interested in you? Or what can you do to create an environment in which you can help each other? So I'd say number one is that you start by what you can give to a person. So when I met big names last year. And when I met people who I was in a room with that, I'm just like, oh my gosh, this is so great to be in a room with this person. I'm not thinking about what can I get from them? You know, my first thing when I open my mouth isn't, hey, I'm Jamila, like, can you mentor me or can you do this for me? I don't approach it that way. I look at it more as, wow, first of all, let me tell this person how much I appreciate their work in this space. That's just number one. So showing appreciation and just gratitude for this person if you do admire them. And also thinking about how you can help them and not demanding their time or their energy or things from them, especially if you don't know them. And so I think the best thing for networking and connecting is not to be like the additional person that always wants something from that person. So if you are trying to kind of connect with people who maybe have bigger audiences or are at another level that you'd like to be at, don't approach it and become another person that just it's kind of taking from them because Journey to Lunch is growing. I feel like there's a lot more that I'm going to be doing. But even at my level, I feel like I definitely get a lot of emails now about picking my brain or can we talk? And these are from people who I don't even know at all. Like there's never been another communication outside of just a random saying, can we talk? And you guys know me already. I feel like I definitely give a lot to this podcast, to Journey to Launch in general, and to you journeyers. If you ask me a question, most times I'm answering it. I'm trying to give you a thoughtful response. And so for people to reach out and just like without any type of lead in of wanting to kind of connect more and just asking and wanting and taking is not a good first impression. And so I'd recommend if you are trying to meet and connect with people that you are really looking at how you can help them. You are offering your services or maybe you see what they're doing and you have a suggestion that can help or you say, hey, you know, have you thought of this? But not necessarily from a I'm just going to take aspect. Also, make sure you're connecting outside of business terms. And so what that means is great that you have a podcast, great that you're in personal finance, but what about you can I connect with on another level? Whether that's because we're both moms or we go or from an island or you were raised by a single mom too. I find that if you can have people connect with you on the human level, not just the business level, it creates deeper connections. And that's one of the things I aim to do is I care about, I guess, the person's business, but I care more about How can we connect as humans? What makes me interested in your story? What makes my story interesting? And that's kind of more what I lead with. And then I make my work stand out for itself. Also, I want to make sure that if you are kind of in business, whether that's in this personal finance space or any other space, it's important to create masterminds and networks. So one of the things that I've done since FinCon is that I've actually been a part of a few masterminds. And those have been people in the personal finance space With podcasts, those have been people who are not in the personal finance space at all, but have podcasts. And then there've been people just in general, they have businesses. They don't necessarily have a podcast. So don't limit your networking to only your industry because 
you can learn a lot from the way that another totally different industry does things. You can get a lot of inspiration from what's not the norm of what everyone else is doing in your space. And so my biggest thing too is to continue not only networking in your specific niche, but to go outward and to reach across the aisle and talk to different people. So here's another thing that I feel like has worked really well is that even with the podcast, if you guys have not noticed yet, I like to talk to all types of people from all aspects of life. I let you guys pick what resonates with you and kind of what you want to do and what you don't want to do. And it's the same thing I do with networking. I don't only sit with people and talk to people who look like me. I believe in having a diverse environment and diverse opinions. And because of that, I feel like I'm able to connect with different types of people. And I find there's a lot of beauty in the differences in us. And that's okay. We can be different. But I think it's really important to just not only look inside your box and what's comfortable, but to continue to push yourself and to talk to people who you maybe normally wouldn't talk to or to get advice and to figure out how other people are doing things. Again, I find that a big way I've been able to grow my platform so far is that I focus on the content and what I feel is going to be great for you guys to hear and not necessarily I can only do this one thing because I don't want to be put in a box. I want to be able to almost present you guys with a buffet where you choose the main courses, like the side course, the entree that works for you, or you don't, right? And the same thing I kind of do with just networking is that I just don't want to eat the same, this is is like a weird analogy, eat the same (laughs) food every day. I want to try different foods. Along that line, yes, it's okay to be bold and confident. So yes, you should approach people and tell them that you enjoy their content. But again, don't demand their time if you don't know them or be just a little more tactful, I'd say. And not that I had issues with that at FinCon, I didn't. But I always realize when some people find it hard to have the confidence to speak up. And I feel like for me, having confidence has helped me a lot. And so even if someone has a bigger audience than me, even if they have a bigger platform, I don't put them on a pedestal to the point where, you know, oh my gosh, they would never like care who I am and I shouldn't say anything because who am I? I don't think like that. Of course, I commend and I tell them if I am a fan of theirs that I am a fan, but I don't think that they are better than me. I don't think I'm better than anyone else. And with that mindset, when I approach people, I think it helps because I'm worthy, you're worthy, we're in the space together and it's okay to show gratitude, but just have the confidence that you have a seat at the table. You can be here too and you deserve to be there. And that helps with just confidence. So with FinCon, I actually spoke on a panel this year. So that was really cool. Got to speak on a panel with actually some of my fellow masterminds. So one of the masterminds I'm in, we all were nominated for Best New Personal Finance Podcast last year. And so we had created an actual mastermind since then together. We meet once a month and I did a panel with them on how we have grown our podcast. And so being on a panel was really good. It allowed us to just share some of our growth strategies and what was working well, the things that we wish we'd have known when we started. So I really did enjoy talking at FinCon. My next goal, so next year, I'd like to either be a solo speaker or actually be on some sort of stage so they have different levels of speakers. So I I definitely do want to speak again and we'll see how that happens. This year, I was also nominated for Podcast of the Year community builder. And then I was in the running for People's Choice Award at the Plutus Awards this year. 
Now, I did not win either of those awards. And I was, of course, like anyone, like I'm not going to lie and say I was not disappointed. I would have loved to win, but I didn't. And I felt like it was such tough competition. All the other nominees were really great. And for me, what I figure is that, you know what? What's for me is for me. It sounds so corny, right? You know, there are times we get disappointed that things don't come through for us or they don't come to fruition when we want them to. And there are times that I've looked back and said, thank God that didn't happen when I wanted it to happen because I wasn't ready. And so for me, even with these awards, it's just like, you know what? I am just glad I'm nominated. Again, sounds corny, but listen, all you got to say to me is I'm nominated for something and I'm running with that tagline. (laughs) I'm like, hey, I was nominated for podcast of the year. I don't even have to win for me to put that in my media kit and bio. So I'm just happy to one, have been recognized again by my peers and by you who voted for me to be in that space and didn't win this year, but there's always next year. And maybe that's my year, right? Like, so who knows? Like, I am just all for following this path. I really do feel like things open up for you when they're supposed to open up for you. The universe is always conspiring to help you. If you believe that it does, And so that's just the way I operate. And so super, super glad to have been nominated. Thank you, everyone, again, who voted for me. I'm really excited to come from a conference like that and be invigorated and have even more passion about what I'm doing now that I've left it. Like I have so many ideas and now it's really about being smart and implementing them. Also, it was pretty cool because I got to meet and take pictures with a lot of people that you've seen on the podcast. So that was pretty cool. A lot of the past guests, they were there also, took pictures. If you were following my social media, particularly Instagram, I would add them to the story highlight. I think I did save the pictures of the people I took pictures with on my Instagram. So check my Instagram out, Journey to Launch, if you want to see some of those pictures In the episode show notes for this episode, I'm actually going to probably add some of those pictures. So you can go to journeytolaunch.com slash episode 66. I saw Joshua Becker, who was a podcast guest. I saw Nasima from Financially Intentional, the rich and regular couple who won best new blog of the year. I saw Chris from Popcorn Finance, who actually, he hasn't been on my podcast, but I've been on his podcast a couple times and he won best new personal finance podcast. So that was pretty cool. And tons more. Like I can go on and on about all the amazing people that I got to run into and take pictures with and just meet and connect. And it was amazing. I actually asked a couple of you on social media if you had any specific questions about FinCon because I figured maybe you guys would be interested. And I did get some responses. So I want to go over that just because I thought it might be helpful. One of the questions that people asked were, do you have to be in the personal finance space to go to FinCon? Like, do you have to be a content creator, have a blog or a podcast to attend FinCon? The answer is no. Anyone can buy a ticket. If you had a blog or podcast or you were some kind of content creator in this space, like a coach, it's a place to be. But if you were just a fan of just the work in this space, I'd say it's kind of pricey just to go for that to meet people. But they actually do have community passes. So you can go for like a day. So you don't have to go through the whole conference, but you can come for the day and attend some sessions and meet people, which I think is a pretty cool thing. So no, you don't have to be in this space per se to come and be a part of it. They do offer community passes. Another question I got was, what are some other cool podcasts to listen to? And so I wanna just give you just a couple recommendations. A good amount of them you've heard on the podcast. I love the Fire Jewel podcast with Gwen and Jay. 
Also, Whitney Hansen has the Money Nerd podcast. It's a pretty cool podcast to listen to. I've always said that Choose FI is a great podcast specifically for financial independence. Brad and Jonathan host that one. Chris from Popcorn Finance, he has a great podcast. Atia from Financially Savvy, her podcast is a newer podcast, but she has a great podcast and so much more. You can actually probably check out more podcasts if you go to the Plutus Awards, like the list of who were in the running to be podcast of the year and best new podcast. They have list. But wrapping up, I just wanted to say I'm so happy about the growth of this community. You guys are amazing. Seriously, you know who you are. The ones that I met at this past FinCon that came up to me, hugged me, took a picture with me and told me how much my work means to you. That really, really is helpful for me. It really keeps me going. Just because I'm doing this full time now, it doesn't get easier in terms of how much work it is and me still trying to make this a profitable business, right? So I'm still building this up so that this can be my permanent situation. And I'm still working on that. And so when I get the feedback that the content is making an impact, even if the money is not there yet, I know it will come. I know it will come. So thank you so much for joining me on this journey. I really appreciate you. If you want to connect, let me know what you thought of this episode. You can find me at Journey to Launch on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. You can also join the Facebook community. You can then connect with other journeyers and go to journeytolaunch.com slash community. Or you can go to Facebook and type in Journey to Launch and the Facebook page will come up and the group should also pop up. Episode show notes again, journeytolaunch.com slash episode 66. Next week, I have a really, really special episode planned for you. Super excited to bring it to you. Can't wait. And until next time, keep on journeying, journeyers. Journeyers.